welcome. I am Geraldine Thomas, Senior Director, leading the Strategic Site Collaboration Group for PPD Patient Solutions. I am located in Europe and the host for today's podcast. Atopic dermatitis and psoriasis have always been challenging to treat, especially the severe cases. New therapies are being developed that target specific pathways related to atopic dermatitis. The innovative use of biologics for both atopic dermatitis and psoriasis has sparked an increase in clinical trials. And because of this competition for patients is on the rise. So today, we are here to examine the opportunities and challenges associated with recruitment in these trials. So joining me today are Norma Contu, Senior Director of Project Management with PPD, and Dr. Stanley Katz, Board Certified Dermatologist and Principal Investigator for More Clinical Research, which is now part of HyperCore. HyperCore is a PPD select for a few years, which is our side partnership program. Norma. What are some of the main concerns you are hearing from clients who are in the early stage of planning for their dermatology studies? Thank you, Geraldine. By way of introduction, I would like to preface that dermatology landscape has become very competitive. And this, of course, has impact on our biotech and pharma clients. They're experiencing a very strong sense of urgency to get their candidate molecule out in time for market authorization. So clients typically come to us with a variety of concerns, which are usually around time, cost, and quality parameters of running their clinical development program. Speed of execution of running their clinical trials is key for all our customers. This applies to both the novel molecules, but may even be more intense for the biosimilars because there are so many competitors for the same indication. Of course, all clients are concerned with optimizing cost efficiencies. And all of them are looking for this use of cutting-edge electronic technology, particularly the smaller biotech companies, which have limited funding and limited resourcing available to run clinical development programs. So they're always on the lookout for what technology can be used to run their clinical programs more efficiently by a smaller team. Quality of data, of course, is paramount importance for all clients, especially for registration-level programs, ensuring that patient-reported outcomes are reliable and accurately captured particularly as they're becoming part of the primary endpoints used in registration trials. In summary, I would say the single primary concern of all clients drills down to what can we do to ensure patient enrollment and have confidence in our ability to deliver the program. Thank you, Norma. Dr. Katz, I know you have extensive experience in dermatology and you have been principal or sub-investigator on several dermatology trials. How has patient access impacted enrollment in your clinic? Well, I think that many patients and individuals in the industry have a preconception that derm indications are easy enough to treat through virtual visits since the common thought processes is that 80% of the diagnosis is just being able to look at a derm case and be able to diagnose and treat it. However, there is a significant portion that goes into a patient consultation and nothing will ever be able to replace being able to get hands-on with a patient in order to ensure you are giving them the appropriate and best care. I think that patients recognize this and it is almost ironic that for derm cases, they would prefer to go into a clinic to show the physician what they have going on where they would be okay with doing a virtual visit for something like the flu or a cold. Patients are better treated in person rather than telehealth. Furthermore, telehealth visits are appropriate when protocol 
specific procedures weren't a more convenient option for a patient. Thank you, Dr. Katz. And, and Noma, in your experience, how has televisits impacted enrollment and patient access in clinical trials? In my experience, decentralized trials offer various patient site needs that often go unmet in traditional designs. In addition to decreasing patient site burden, decentralized trials increase patient visibility into trial options, increase patient engagement, and enhance data quality. Decentralized trials does not mean all or nothing. Most decentralized trials offer a range of in-person and remote activities that make clinical trials easier for patients, sites, and sponsors. And what is the perception of dermatologists collaborating with primary care physicians on dermatology studies? Norma? In Europe, as the dermatology space has become increasingly crowded due to increased availability of treatment for dermatology indications, an increased patient awareness and willingness to seek treatment for indications and do more for their health problems, this increased utilization of dermatology resources creates a little bit of a bottleneck secondary to the limited number of dermatology specialists, so patients are changing their traditional perception to seek care exclusively from specialists because they can go get faster access to primary care physicians who are appropriately supported by dermatologists and ultimately quicker resolution of their health concerns. This trend is particularly evident and logistically helpful in clinical trials and we are actually witnessing an increasingly organized environment across Europe where site networks are becoming established to capitalize on this need. Dr. Katz? Well, what I see is the United States is seeing a, a similar scenario where patients are not necessarily actively seeking a specialist for dermatologic conditions. Their first physician is typically internal medicine or a group practice with multiple, multiple specialties. Then they may be referred out to a dermatologist at that point. Part of this is, is due to how the insurance system is set up in the U.S. here. Patients are required to be given a referral in order for insurance coverage to take effect. So because of this relationship, it is almost inherent that a research site conducting dermatologic studies would want to have a relationship with an internal medicine clinic in order to see those patients that are outside the scope of the internist. Thank you both. As you are aware, there has been an uptick in biologic trials. What challenges does this add to clinical trials in Europe and United States? Norma, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Thank you. There certainly has been an uptake in biologics in the recent few years. It's a very competitive environment. I think in Europe, what we're seeing is that one of the key influencers of enrollment rate is the presentation of the investigational drug to patients. In a landscape where patients have a plethora of approved and reimbursed treatments, participation in a clinical trial usually requires strong balance between potential therapeutic benefit versus safety risks. Patients may not have a strong motivation to join a clinical trial if there are a lot of approved medications with easy access. So it becomes very important that their doctor is able to discuss with them the detailed safety profile of the drug and make them feel comfortable about participating in a trial. In general, Novel systemic biologic treatments are perceived by patients as carrying a potentially higher safety risk, and this typically results in reduced enrollment rates for these trials. However, biosimilar uh, trials are actually more favorably perceived because patients already have the benefit of prior knowledge and safety information from earlier clinical experience, 
So when considering enrollment of dermatology clinical trials, particularly with biosimilars in Europe, you have to start considering the environment as to which countries you would like to place the trials in. There are some significant differentiators that we discuss with our clients to ensure optimal enrollment rate. Specifically, we see strong enrollment rates in Eastern Europe countries. In the past, sponsors had some concerns around the quality of clinical trials in Eastern European countries. However, in our experience in the last five to 10 years, the Eastern European countries are now as equally as well regulated as Western Europe countries by the European Medicine Agency. And their GCP compliance is confirmed by EMA and FDA audit trends to be on par with Western Europe and the U.S. So indeed, we see high quality clinical data and we often recommend our sponsors to consider adding Eastern European countries to the clinical trial so as to take advantage of the favorable enrollment rates. For the United States, we see a similar level of patient hesitation when looking at new treatment methods with little safety data to rely on. With biosimilars, there is a broader level of acceptance in the patient population as we're able to ease some of their concerns with previous data. However, most patients and physicians, for that matter, are unaware of the difference in biosimilars other than it being a more cost-effective alternative. In that same thought process, physicians often are frustrated by having to settle for an alternative form of treatment and are caught between patients who may not be able to afford the medication and the legal ramifications of providing a potential inferior, less expensive type of treatment that the patient may not benefit as much from. Some of these concerns can be offset with disease severity and a given patient's experience with previous treatments and a potential lack of effect seen with the disease state. However, this typically accounts for a small percentage of the population at a given trial site. The biggest hurdle for the United States is the ever-changing requirement from the insurance companies for patients to obtain the right medication through the red tape of prior authorization. I think that we can all agree that common denominator with biologics, like any new therapy, is going to be time. Part of this time factor will be the increase in efficacy from oral routes over injectables or intravenous routes, as well as overcoming the bureaucracy of prior authorization requirements. Patients like to see a proven track record when it comes to therapies. And if they are willing to try a biologic, the more data available to them to help with that decision, the more comfortable they will inherently feel. I wonder how are European and U.S. sites dealing with the requirement for patients to be biologics naive? Norma? Um, yes, thank you, uh, Geraldine. Despite the common regulatory environment of EMEA, we see a lot of difference between the healthcare systems in the various European countries. So this creates a diverse environment where some European countries have biosimilars that may be approved and reimbursed. However, patient access might not be as easy as it is in Western European countries or in North America. In these countries, particularly Eastern Europe, patients have an added incentive to enroll in a clinical trial because they can get access to treatment faster and with less bureaucratic restrictions. So this creates a patient pool of biologic naive patients who simply have not had the opportunity to be exposed to other biologic treatments and are willing to enroll in a clinical trial. Since there's a time lag between Europe and particular Eastern Europe as compared to the U.S. for access to biosimilars, trial designs that have a need for biologic naive patients have an advantage to be placed into these countries. In the U.S., we see this criterion as an opportunity to discuss the benefits of biologics. Oftentimes, patients are experiencing 
some of the hurdles of the same hurdles really regarding reimbursable medications and some of that that has to do with the acceptance of dermatologic conditions and whether treatment is covered by health insurance. We believe that this is why when you look at dermatologic conditions, there is usually an association with another therapeutic area such as autoimmune problem or allergy. Because of the impact of this on patients, we believe that patients are more likely to try biologics treatments in this therapeutic space. Thank you. When thinking about the future of dermatology trials, what do you see on the horizon that will further improve enrollment? I see an exciting future. Dermatology is one of the therapeutic indications that has embraced the shift from traditional to decentralized trials. I think as the demand for more patients per study, faster enrollment rates, and the need for diverse patient population continues to increase, the demand for decentralized trials will increase proportionally to accommodate the key client concerns of time, cost, and quality parameters for running clinical trials. Dermatology is uniquely positioned in the clinical trial space to be an ideal hybrid therapeutic area when it comes to those trial designs. We are already seeing wide acceptance of adaptive protocol designs in the industry and many outdated processes have been adapted to fit into a more practical and efficient model. While I stand by the belief of face-to-face -face interactions with patients and always will, it is also important to recognize that reducing the number of times a patient needs to come on site for a visit will drastically impact how efficient sites become with enrollment and compliance. At the end of the day, Eliminating barriers for the patients ends up benefiting all of us. Thank you. I want to thank Dr. Katz and Norma for joining us today and providing their insight on this topic that surely will grow in prominence in the near future. Thank you all for listening and have a great day. <laughs>